One relationship principle I've come to appreciate over time is the power of giving people the gift of hope when they have so little of it themselves. It's when you burn brightly with hope for others, when their own hope is but a dying ember. In several recent episodes, I shared a response from one of our listeners who wrote about feeling overwhelmed at how to develop relationships. She said she has no friends and is lonely. The hope she has for things ever getting any better is but a dim flicker. In today's episode, the last of season seven, I share what it looks like to give people the gift of hope. But before we get into all this, here's a word from Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. Now, as with every episode, our purpose today is to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. Before we get into today's show, though, I want to remind you that today's program concludes Season 7 of You Were Made for This. I will be taking a break from the podcast for a time to work on several projects to serve you better. They will be focused on ways to deepen our relationships and finding the joy God intends for us in them. The joy of relationships is the this that we were all made for. Even though the podcast will go dark for a while until season eight begins, I'd like to continue sharing with you what I'm working on in the meantime. I'd like to tell you about articles and information I come across that I think you would find interesting and helpful in nurturing your relationships. I'll be doing this with occasional emails to you. If you've been getting my email each Wednesday about that week's podcast episode, you are good to go. But if you're not getting my Wednesday email, then you are not on my email list. To get on it, though, just go to johnsertalic.com slash follow to leave your email address. Okay, so much for this housekeeping matter, and now on to today's program. Here's what the listener I'm calling Emily, it's not her real name, here's what she wrote in response to episode 63. This is the one about building relationships by being more curious about people. She came across the episode two and a half years after it first aired. Listen as I read her comments about it. It goes like this. I found this page because I was trying to do some research into, quote, what is wrong with me, unquote. I grew up in a very strict and often abusive household where it was constantly drilled into my head that if people wanted you to know things, they would tell you. And I was made to feel stupid for asking anything that should be obvious. We were basically shamed out of our curiosity as kids and taught to accept everything at face value without asking any questions. Now, 
Almost 40 years old, I am so frustrated by the fact that I don't have any real close friendships. I don't know how to be curious about people. And even when I want to be, I have no idea what to ask. I feel like I don't even know how personal relationships work. I don't know how often you're supposed to reach out to people, exactly what parts of their lives you should be involved in, or how often to reach out. It sounds so silly, but it's my reality. I don't know how to make and keep friends. I'm sure I come off as selfish and self-centered, but really, I just don't know how all this works, and I get overwhelmed by it. Hmm. In recent episodes, I asked you and the rest of our listening audience how you would respond to Emily if you were sitting across from her at a coffee shop for a conversation about her situation. I'll have links to those episodes at the bottom of today's show notes. In those episodes, I share what your fellow listeners would say to Emily. There were some very good responses. One that came in recently was from Chris, a listener in Wisconsin. You can read his wise feedback in the comments section of episode 198, and you can find it at the bottom of the show notes for that episode, 198. I also have a few comments to make about Emily's concern myself, but first, I thought you'd like to hear what our executive producer and my boss, Carol Stewart, has to say. Carol, as you may recall, is the voice that you hear introducing each episode of our podcast. She was my wife's roommate in college, and we have been friends for over 50 years. Most importantly, she was the one who first told us about Jesus when we were 19-year-old college freshmen. I talk more about Carol in episode 21, the most important relationship of all. Carol was the one who gave Janet and me the gift of hope so many years ago. Well, listen now to what she had to say recently about Emily and having a conversation with her in a coffee shop. Carol writes, Hi, John. I was on my treadmill listening to your podcast. It resonated with me and someone whom I know that said to me once, I don't tell people anything unless they ask me about something. She has told me that she had been abused in several relationships, and I think this has perpetuated her unwillingness to be open and free with conversation. I'm thinking that she thinks the less she talks about herself, the less it will be twisted or used against her. Is that what your Emily may have been feeling? Of course, we don't know because we can't ask her that. But I do know that abuse creates fear in the abused. My heart goes out to her. So the best I can offer as an answer to what you asked of me is if you want to get to know Emily, get to know her the way you would get to know a four- or five-year-old. Be lighthearted and just enjoy the moment with her. No expectations, no big questions, just enjoy the time. If the conversation only gets as far as, 
have you ever come to this coffee shop before? Or what do you like about this coffee? All good. It's a start, and you can build on it the next time you get together. So, I didn't answer your question, did I? I told you what I would do in conversation with her. So here's my shot at an answer. Here's what I would say to her. Since you are at the coffee shop, Emily, know that I'm here because I want to be with you or else I would not have shown up. So ask me about my family, ages, interests, plans for the summer. Start with that and listen. Occasionally, you could say, tell me more. All relationships start with get-to-know-you questions. If that's hard for you, Emily, go to the questions of the moment. Like, have you ever been to this coffee shop before? And, what do you like about this coffee? Well, thank you, Carol, for that. You know, I I like Carol's approach. She starts with trying to build a relationship with Emily and offering non-invasive questions that keep things light in the early stages of their relationship. Now, when I first received Emily's response to episode 63 about being more curious about people, I sent her an email saying something along the lines that I'm sorry she's having to deal with the relational difficulties she mentioned and how they're causing such loneliness in her life. I offered to talk with her about these things, but I never heard back from her. Now, maybe she didn't get the email, or perhaps she wanted to wait a while before responding and then lost my email address. I don't know. There could be other reasons, but I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. That being said, I have a few ideas I would use in talking with someone like Emily in a coffee shop. It starts with my goal. My goal would not be to fix her problem or even to make her feel better. My goal would be to reflect the image of God well in talking with her. We're all made in the image of God, as the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis. What God would want for Emily is a question I would be asking myself. I would start by building a level of trust with her, which comes from validating her feelings and showing compassion. I would try to listen really well, setting aside anything weighing on me at the moment so I could focus on Emily. Part of listening well is asking good questions especially follow-up questions in response to what she says. With people struggling with relational issues like Emily, I often find myself asking them this question. Where do you see God in your situation? It's a way of pointing people to Jesus to eventually find the gift of hope that's found in him and seeing how he is at work in whatever circumstance a person is facing. Another thing I would eventually like to get to is the issue of choices. Even be so bold after listening well and being compassionate and empathetic 
to ask Emily something along the lines of, So, Emily, given your situation, what are you going to do about it? If what you're doing isn't working, what can you do differently, Emily? And then let her come up with ideas. If she has a hard time answering this question, I'd ask, Emily, the the people you see who have good relationships, what do they do? What could you copy from them? In dealing with relational difficulties, people have more choices than they often realize. Talking things through, as I'm suggesting, will often help reveal those choices. As people begin to see more choices available to them, they begin to find hope that things could change for the better. I have a hunch that the skills Emily developed as a child living with her dysfunctional family are skills that she continues to use as an adult. But these are skills that are no longer needed or appropriate in healthy relational environments. She needs to learn new relational skills and discard the old ones that don't serve her well any longer. That's my hunch anyway. I'm not sure, but it's something I suspect that I would investigate further in talking with her. There's so much more that can be said about giving people like Emily the gift of hope that things can improve in their relationships. What you've heard from your fellow listeners and from me today is just the tip of the iceberg to get started. So, what does all of this mean for you? I bet you have run across people like Emily in your life. When you do, it's wise to ask yourself how you can best reflect the character and image of God with that person, and then not to thwart the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Doing this can take so many different directions that it takes God's wisdom to know which path to follow. So pray for wisdom at times like this. If you forget everything else from today's episode, here's the one thing that I hope you remember. It's this. Caring well for people means at times giving them the gift of hope. To help them see the hope found in knowing Jesus is at work in their life. It's to burn brightly with hope for them when their own hope is a dying ember. Finally, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I do want to stay in touch with you from time to time while I take a break from this podcast before Season 8 begins. If you're on my email list, I'll let you know when I'm ready with new episodes to begin the next season. I'll also send you information from time to time I come across that I think you would find interesting and helpful in nurturing your relationships. But if you're not getting my Wednesday email already, you're not on my email list. To get on it, just go to johnsertalic.com follow to get on the list. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to think about how you can reflect the character and image of God and helping people find the gift of hope in their relationship with Jesus. 
Well, that's it for today and for Season 7 of this podcast. If there is someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this program on to them. Scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on one of the options in the yellow Share This bar. I look forward to being in your ears when I'm ready to launch Season 8. But until then, don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.